It's a beautiful morning. I think I'll go outside for a while and just smile. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Always a pleasure having somebody new in the studio and recording a new show and having them open up the show with a little bit of a tune. Thank you for having me. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the construction life. Thank you. This is going to be an interesting conversation. I love these conversations because I'm a I'm a brick person. I, my dad was a brickie. Yeah. And I just uh, I have a love for bricks. Uh, I know that brick doesn't get all the love these days it does not uh, and bricks the industry has changed yep uh and that's why you're here we're going to talk a lot mm. about that um but it's going to be interesting but my, i guess my first question is sarah steel and why aren't you in the steel industry <laughs> <laughs> like um, you've never gotten that before i've never gotten that it's usually are you related to remington steel that was the other thing that i was, was going to bring thing. it up so yeah. back to the 80s before we started recording totally we're, yeah totally but yeah. I, I never watched that show no i didn't either <laughs> But I, I definitely knew about it. My dad was a police officer, so it kind of went hand in hand. But then again, steel is used in the brick industry. It is used in so the brick industry. So it still works at your Absolutely. Sarah Steel, right? And ironically, I never changed my name. So I'm married, but I kept my maiden name. Steel. How do you mess with Sarah Steele? You don't. You don't. It's a perfect name. It's it great. Is. It is. <laughs> Welcome. Um, Ariscraft, Canada Brick. Uh, you're the territory sales rep. Uh, you've been in masonry for six years, and the website is www.ariscraft.com, and it's sarah.steele at ariscraft.com. And on Instagram, because everybody's on Instagram mm -hmm. or social media, stone underscore and underscore brick underscore girl. And then there's also a separate Aeroscraft right. handle as well too, yeah. right? But even before we started recording, you started telling me that you guys have, you have a lot of companies on the, the one company. We do. Right? So our parent company is General Shale, which is based out of Johnson City, Tennessee. Okay. Um, Aeroscraft was a private company up until, don't quote me on this, I want to say the early 2000s. Okay. And then they were acquired by General Shale. And General Shale is our parent company. Um, and then two years ago, we purchased Canada Brick, which we reverted back to the original name. It used, it's used it gone through many name changes, Meridian, Hanson, um, but we brought it back to the, the When OG. was Canada Brick stopped? Like when did they stop, turn of the century <sighs> kind of thing? When did Canada Brick stop using that name? That name, yeah. I want to say it was probably... In the yeah early two thousands, so I always, I always the, liked that name. It kind of yeah. it was like it, it was like stamp. It was right. It was, and Any, it was synonymous knew. in the industry, in the brick industry. Yeah. So when we acquired them, we said we're bringing it back. We're taking it back, and we're bringing it back to Canada Bricks. So, so Hanson's not around, or no? It's it's us. It is if you're watching yeah. the movie Slapshot. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. For all of you guys that know what I'm talking about, there we go. Um, so we're going to have a great conversation because I love Brick and there's lots to talk about. I want to first do a couple of shout outs, mm -hmm. which are going to be Paul with Mac Constructions Inc. So he does a lot of self-leveling material and flooring and radiant and that's yeah. the tee that I'm wearing. But I also want to do a shout out to uh, Cameron Gallo from Custom Development Group. Uh, thanks Cameron and his crew for all the hard work that they provide for clients, friends and family. Please check them out online or even in person. Reach out to him on IG under at Custom Development Group for any questions and book your next project with them and the crew and himself. Uh, email him at cdgrenos at gmail.com and his phone number is 905-334-3948. And the website, of course, is www.customdevelopmentgroup.com. And listen to his story on show number 265 right here on TCL. Thanks, Cameron. We'll talk soon. 
how did you get into Brick? Like, where's the beginning of your career? Where's the beginning? Okay. Yeah. So in high school, my mom worked for a builder in London. She was the sales manager. And I used to help her on weekends. It would get busy during, you know, model home hours. So I would show people, tour them around. I would make brochures and... Learn you know, as you went. I went. learned as I went. And I remember I was in grade 12 and then getting ready to prep for OAC back then, showing my age. Um... And, you know, university, college. And I remember one of her bosses at the time said, have you thought about college? Have you thought about a co-op? And I was like, college is not the route I want to take. And he's like, you need to look at that route because you're going to have co-op and you're going to have a work experience. So take the college route. I strongly encourage you to take the college route. So I was one of the only ones out of my friends that actually went to college and I grad, you know, I finished when I was 21 and had a co-op. I worked at a desk job in my co-op for two um, co-op sessions. And I knew that I didn't want to be in the office. And again, wanted to kind of follow my mom. I wanted to get into residential construction. Too young. Go, you know. Bless you. Bless you. Go <laughs> hone your craft. Go do something and then come back. So I moved to Toronto worked in special events, event planning, and did that for almost 10 years, came back to London. That's all a precursor to sales. That was all a precursor to sales. Yeah. It was like, get, you know, get mature. Yes. Figure it out. Yes. Um, and my uncle always said, one of my uncles always said, oh, you belong in sales. You belong in sales. You'll take after your mom, not my dad, on the policing side of things. <laughs> so I definitely took after my mom. And I started working for a residential builder in London, and I worked in their decor center in the morning, so I would help homeowners with their selections, and then I went to a model home in the afternoon. From there, um, a supplier had mentioned to my mom that he was looking for a sales luxury coordinator to go into the plumbing boutiques. So I worked for a sales agency that represented um, the Masco brand, so Delta Faucets, Brizo. And I did that for a few years. And I shouldn't say a few years. I was there for almost eight years and got involved with my local home builders association in London. And I was, again, just in my early 30s, trying to figure it out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to gravitate towards the women because I know they they seem to know what they're doing. Yep. And in order to like kind of solidify myself in that industry, it was like prove yourself, do the time, get on a committee, and promote careers in construction. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I ended up at Aeroscraft because George Windsor came up to me and he was like, would you ever consider a career change and I, or a path, like a different path? And I was like, well, not a career, but supply, yeah. He's like, would you be interested in masonry? And I'm like, well, if I'm going to leave plumbing, I'm going to have to do it for another industry. So here I am six years later uh, at Aeroscraft. And again, being involved with the local home builders association, it allows you to network with other trades. Yeah. So you you get to see the full aspect of building. So it could be you know flooring, paint, resident, whatever that is, kitchens. But I I strongly encourage people to you know in, get involved with their local association. If it's home builders, if it's construction association, whatever it is, use those associations to network and to build your network. Just go attend these events. 
rub elbows, you most likely will bump into similar similar faces. Absolutely. And then you'll strike up a conversation. They'll know what you're interested in. You'll want to know what they're doing. Absolutely. And you just grow your network from there. You have to. And, you know, I sat on the board of directors with the London Home Builders for... 12 years. I actually just stepped down. Um, So I think I was there 12 years. I was the past president of St. Thomas Home Builders. So again, I owe a lot of my career to that Home Builders Association because it really makes those introductions into all aspects of the building world. Who's running that one? Which one? Who's running that Home Builders? St. Thomas or London? No, the London one. Is Jared Zafman. Okay. Yeah. And then our president's Peter Madsen from CCR, Build and Remodel. Okay. Um, Actually, the um, Canadian home builders president is Sue Wastel, and she's past president of London as well. But she's the current president of CHBA, which is a huge feat. I think there's only been a few females as the CHBA president. So Uh there's definitely a lot of opportunity to network with like-minded people and in your association. Because you just don't know field. where these conversations are going to take don't. you. Right? No, you don't. No. So it was just by fluke that you had a conversation and now you got into brick. Now and I got into masonry. And yeah. you're in brick for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah. So six years is six a years. good start, but yeah. then you're not you're not planning on leaving anytime soon. Gosh, no. No, no there's still more it. to do. There's a lot more to do. <laughs> and I love architecture. I love seeing the history of buildings like I said I lived in Toronto in my 20s and seeing those old beautiful buildings and I love the history behind it walking tours go to Chicago New York there's always a story behind those buildings yeah and then if you're working on the new buildings that are happening you'll have absolutely there's going to be a story behind those now yeah for sure that's what's amazing about it why you know what my first question is why is there such love but hate for brick and when I say I don't want to go extreme about the hate or the love, yeah. I just say that there's so much cladding material nowadays. Yeah. I'm not a fan of a lot of the new materials because I think they're just being developed for the wrong reasons. We've forgotten the purpose of an exterior cladding mm-hmm. material. And brick has never forgotten that. No. F- brick has always had that purpose. Yeah. And I mean, I've got more information as we sure. share the, the formats and everything like that. But I mean, a brick itself, it's generally, timeless. it well, technically speaking, yeah. si- like like the the text behind it, right? One hundred and fifty years, it could su- uh, survive. Yeah. Even if you maintain it, it will last even longer, mm-hmm. as we can tell by a lot of buildings that are in Europe and all over the mm-hmm. world, right? But then you, I think, in the last twenty maybe even 30 years, you've just gotten all kinds of new materials that have tried to make things faster, but they don't have that stamp of 150 attached to it. No. Brick does. It does. So it's that's where I'm going with the love-hate. Why do we have such a love for it when you're a purist in construction, but then you have such a hatred towards it when you want to try new trendy things? I think alternative cladding is definitely starting to be a little bit more in the industry for the fact that we have a skilled trade shortage. Yeah. So there's not a lot of brickies. And the ones that are out there have been around for a long time. We need to promote the next generation of skilled trades. We desperately need brickies and stonemasons. So I think builders or architects, designers, they look for an alternative cladding because maybe they can't get somebody to go on the job. So they go, okay, we'll go to siding. Or something else. They choose something else. Yeah, stucco. I mean, business-wise, it kind of makes sense if you're running a shop and now you've got a client and you explain to them, if I have to hire a brick crew, 
your cost per square foot is going right. to be this mm-hmm. versus your cost per square foot is going to be that. But how do we, I mean, and, and I know that we've discussed it because we've had plenty of bricklayers yeah. on the show. Not a lot of them are getting into that specific trade. Right. Because I guess it's it's hard work, first it's of all. very hard. Right. But it's also, um, it's one of the higher paid skill trades, too. It is. Currently going on right now. And if you still look at the data, there's going to be voids. So then you'll still get those numbers, if not more. Right. Right. So it's like, how do we make it more attractive to the youngers to get in there? I think it's people like myself, people that I work with, people like you get out there and promote skilled trades and that there is a viable career in this. And as well, like I said, masonry is timeless. So you can put that brick up or that stone up and you're not really going to have to worry about it. You don't have to go back 10 years and look at maintenance, 15 years, look at maintenance. It's there. So yeah, there's restoration that gets done 100 years later. But for the most part, that brick's going to last the lifetime of the building. Which is what you want. Absolutely is what you want. You don't want yeah. any of that kind of failure going no. on, right? And no. plus also, you don't want to hire crews that are going to do a substandard job. So then it fails. Like we've heard all kinds of horror stories yeah. at that point where you see new jobs being finished and all of a sudden walls are spoiling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know whatever mortar joints are going so it's yeah. like there's probably a failure on the basic principles of a brick and that's i i i'm envious of that trade mm-hmm. because there is basic principles attached to what you do mm-hmm. if you don't follow those there's going to be a fault sure that's how simple it really is yeah. a brick is a porous material it has to be separated from the actual structure you have to let water go in yeah. and come out It has to constantly get wet and dry because that's seasons, right? Mm -hmm. That's just how it works. And we live in a freeze-thaw cycle. That's just how it is. And I know even before, you've also shared about a school that's doing really well about getting that message out. Absolutely. I'm so proud of Father Brennan. It's a high school in Windsor. Um, The teacher there has done a phenomenal job. I'm just going to bring up my phone because I've got a couple um, stats that he shared with me over the weekend. Um, so shout out to Marco Sengen. Um, he's had 950 students go through his program. How long has he been teaching? Do you know? Of um, quite a few years. Like I would say at least 10 to 15 years. And he's almost had a thousand students yeah. go through there. Yeah, he has. Um, 950 students have gone through that program. 80 of them were female and seven have stuck with it. So he's consistently promoting masonry which he's i think he's the only high school in canada that promotes masonry it's kind of sad that he's the only one yeah yeah i've never asked him what his background is so you should probably bring him in well, i'd love to have yeah. him on the show so we could talk more about it for and sure. i know like um julia's been in brick chick the brick chick yeah she's been down talking to his students i'm um going down there in june i was hoping to get to their graduation but i'm unfortunately double booked that day so i can't get there but we've been a huge supporter through our dealer partner in windsor which is santera stonecraft so we supply them with brick they supply block stone and he's got the kids on the trades or on the tools and they're working it and they do a phenomenal job did you say that he's had 80 of those 950 80 were female yes but only seven actually stuck to the trade in the business yes in the industry yeah did he follow up and i was like that's that's a huge number. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what what the follow up was with it. I mean, let's be real. It's hard. There's a not not a lot of females out there that can lift eighty pound blocks. 
So it physically is hard on the body. So maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah. I, I do know there's a few out there. And I've got a couple crews in London that have females on them. They just actually finished their Red Seal training. Um, they came out of the BACU program in London. And those they're phenomenal women who have such attention to detail. I'd be curious to know what the other um, 70 plus whatever students, I would, I would what love other to trades, know. if I they, I'm hoping that they stayed in the industry. I would hope so too. Um, but I, I can understand them leaving the brick yeah. because I think like Julia, you, 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 you kind of, she has a huge love for it. So Absolutely. And that's it, right? So it's just, so you got to have that. It is a hard job. Yeah, it is. It's an extremely hard job, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about what you guys do and the products you share and what's, sure. what's, I mean, there's always the tried and tested true old that you can go yeah. to. And then there, here in Ontario, we, we call it the Ontario brick size yes. brick. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. I never liked the suburban, whatever you call them, what are they, PR, PRT or PR? That's that's a, uh, another manufacturer's okay. term. All right. But it's a max size brick. Uh, yeah, max yeah. size brick. So yeah. like I never liked that max size brick. I always liked that smaller brick. Yeah. I understand the smaller brick yeah. is more expensive yeah. i prefer the smaller brick as well I architecturally it, it just kind of reminds me of like if you're doing sketches for an old kind of story yeah. book yeah kids book or something yeah. that's the brick that's drawn yeah it is it's not the max brick no and it's the brick <laughs> that you see like in historic areas yes and i do have projects that frequently get specced with modular they want to go back to that old school size the smaller size. It's just something historic about it. But there's definitely a trend for longer and linear brick. You know what I loved is when I was in high school, I studied all drafting through my high school yeah. years. And I loved that when I had teachers that would show me that I understand a brick is a cube for rectangular cube yeah. shaped item, but you can make so much with this brick. Mm -hmm. And, you, and some of them would tell me that you can make it dance, you can yeah. shape it. And then all of a sudden you start paying attention to certain buildings. And, and here in Toronto, we can walk around. Yeah. I mean, there's Old City Hall. There's all kinds of other structures yeah. that you can walk around in certain neighborhoods. And you do see archways. You yeah. do see specific bricks that way. I've even had Irish masons on, on jobs of mine where we had specific bricks for a 45 degree angle. Yeah. And sometimes you can order those specific bricks to replicate that. Yeah. But if you've got a skilled bricky, they actually just shape it for you right yeah. then and there because those old school bricks are solid. Yep. So then you just shape them yeah. and you use them. And it's that's what's beautiful about it is the colors through and through. Right. That's what I like about it versus mm -hmm. any kinds of new bricks, right? Yeah. But now I guess the trend, you're seeing a lot of elongated bricks. Yes. Is that directly related for Europe and is coming I here? I think so. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I know um, General Shale's parent company is... Vina Burger, they're based in Austria, and they produce a lot of linear brick. And Aeroscraft, we as well produce linear brick as well. The market wants it? Clients are... They do. Okay. Yeah, something different. And again, that's more modern, giving it a different look to the aesthetic of the smaller bricks. Are we getting a little too trendy design with some of the colors? Are we like getting too far away from red, brown? Lots of whites. Yeah. What blacks, is with that? Rays. I think like anything, it's cyclical. I think you'll start to see that trend out. You're starting to see people asking for more reds and traditional colors. I mean, people have got to remember that in Ontario, we had yellow-based clay and red-based clay. So yeah, but those yellow bricks are beautiful. That's what's in London, which is... I love those yeah, yellow they're bricks. they're outstanding. So it's really... <sighs> masonry is kind of like 
based on the ter- like on the the region. So again, like you're wanting pe- people are wanting to see what's old come back and to be make it what's new. So yes, I think you'll never get away from like the whites, blacks, and grays because that's here to stay and it kind of symbolizes more modern. But again, you can do a beautiful modern project with a red brick. It's it's funny because. In the 80s, there's lots of bricks that you would never think that would look amazing with black. But now we all know this. I was probably one of the first people to put a black garage door. And then I had to deal with manufacturers telling me that we're not going to warranty it because it's not designed to take all that heat and everything. But now what is the stable? Everybody's asking for black or dark, dark, dark colors for doors and windows and trim and all this stuff. And then you start noticing that black actually looks really beautiful against red, brown bricks, Mm -hmm. even yellow. It looks nice. It makes me think of like classic new york yes brownstones yes i really wish here in toronto someone would start building brownstones yes not prefabricated but proper brownstones i i can only imagine what the price would be attached to that yeah but i miss those brownstones right and in here in toronto we have our style of house we have that very tall narrow with the gable and that's our that's a torontorian kind of style house right and where like i'm in london so we have a lot of two-story but as you get out of London and you go into Sarnia and Windsor, you st- even Chatham, you start to see bungalows because land isn't as expensive. So yeah. as you know, it's easier to go up, cheaper to go up than out. So um, I think you're starting to see trends change as well. But clients should understand about trends. Like you shouldn't be picking a brick or even an exterior cladding based on a trend. Thinking that, well, I might get tired of it after 20 years. Can't right? change it. <laughs> and that's where the old school mentality back in the 70s, you yeah. had people saying, sure, we want to change it. Let's paint it. And that's like the worst thing you can do. Because totally. we go back to the earlier of the conversation where bricks breathe. You yeah. have to let them get wet and they yeah. have to let them get dry. Absolutely. You paint it, you spoil it. Spalling. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it's deteriorated. Yeah. Then you now you're replacing everything. Absolutely. And I, I quite often do driving tours, so I'll meet with homeowners. We, I drive them through neighborhoods, and I say, what do you like? What do you dislike? And a lot of times they'll go, oh, I really love the painted brick. And I'm like, you have to remember, we live in Canada. We have multiple freeze-thaw cycles. We have four seasons. So what you see in the southern U.S., yes, it may look beautiful, but they have one season. So they're not, they can have that painted brick, whereas here it's just it's going to fail. I'll give credit to the homeowners that do it and they spend yeah. the time with the artistic brush to paint the mortar right. joints a slightly different color. I'll give that much yeah. credit for the yeah. work that's attached to it. Yeah. But I'm not giving them any credit for the damage that they're causing. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that's how and the whole sandblasting yeah. industry and then Absolutely. and then now that's outlawed here in, in Toronto yeah. in Canada. You can't yeah. do it anymore because of the runoff in the right. sewer and the water system. Yeah. So now you have to do like a um, a chemically free process it's like a soda blast yeah it's kind of yeah. i've done it i've yeah. had it done before and i've watched it and they yeah. wrap it with plastic and then they let it activate and yeah. then it kind of and then you got to clean the brick from there but yeah. there's also some great people that you meet about cleaning bricks because yes. homeowners the first thing they think when they start seeing a brick age and it gets dirty and like your windows get dirty everything yeah. gets dirty including your brick 
their first thought is painting it. But I'm like, no, there's companies. Like, there's a brick wash company in Toronto. There is. They there's one actually, too, um, just outside of London. I think they're based out of Chatham. And they're a mobile wash company. And it's a huge difference. Like, it's almost, it brings it right back yeah. to the original source. And you can't power wash it. A lot of people make the mistake thinking, oh, I can power wash my brick. You'll oh, beat it up. No. Yeah. You've got to, like Garden Hose and these companies that do the cleaning, they do a phenomenal job with it. And they keep the integrity of the brick. Which is great. Yeah. Because we need those kinds of people. Yeah. I want to go back to, I guess, the industry with the kids. And, I mean, I definitely will try to get Mark on the sure. show. And, I mean, what are you hearing from him or other people about what are the kids saying about being a bricklayer? I think sometimes the perception, like, we live in an Instagram world. I'm guilty of it. I'm of on Instagram. But you see the fabulous things. And they instantly, they want instant gratification. So they want to, you know, drive that top-of-the-line pickup truck. But they're not willing to maybe put the work into it. But I think once you open up their eyes to skilled trades, they realize that there's so many possibilities of what they can do with their hands. And they are going to be able to see what they've done out on a building, inside a building, whatever that may be, they can put their stamp on it and then they get that gratification. I agree with you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm just trying to get an idea of how they can appreciate the industry or I guess the history attached to the industry at such a young age. Maybe, I'm going to say it's through promotion. Yeah. I know I'm a member of the London Home Builders Association. Actually, all of the chapters that I represent, Windsor, Chatham, uh, Stratford, St. Thomas. And we do so much to promote skilled trades and all aspects. And there's all aspects in building. I mean, I'm a sales rep. Yeah. I'm not on the tools, but I'm there promoting because we all have to live somewhere. We have to shop somewhere. We've got to go to work somewhere. You Building is, is never going to go away. I mean, you uh, get, neither are your roads, sewers, no. like, and new divisions yeah. come up, right? Yeah. I just, I, I, I would just want the quality of the build to kind of go back to what it was yeah. instead of what it's becoming, because profits are first, which is kind of downsizing of everything, right? Mm-hmm. You just start, you lose value where you start, and we've had a number of conversations on the show here where we talked about how. We're in love with Century Homes. We love the way it was built before. You're so familiar with the way it was all hand cut and and carved and everyone's working stone and brick and all kinds of things like that. None of that's going on today in today's builds. And you start worrying, is that house going to last 100 years or are we going to get into subdivisions where we just wrecking ball every single home and build a new one at that time? I think there still is a lot of quality builders out there who take pride in their craftsmanship. So I think you do see that still, at least in my area. I, I mean, I've got phenomenal builders that I work with that really take pride in what they're putting on their wall, like on the walls and inside those homes. Is there and a difference? Have you or do you speak to a lot of, I guess, Toronto-based? Not yeah. really. I stay away from the GTA. Because like I really for good reason. Yeah, <laughs> my world starts um, just slightly east of London, and I go right down to Windsor, Sarnia, over to Godrich. So I kind of have that really truly southern on southwestern Ontario corridor, Sarnia. Is there? A, if you can share, you probably know this. So I'm just wondering because I just recently found out that there was a trade show for highways, highway construction. Oh. 
So I just assumed there's a trade show for everything. There probably is. I never knew there was a trade show for highways. I had no idea, and I'm speaking with them. So I'm like, okay, because there's a lot of concrete work and structural steel and all kinds of stuff. And think about it. Every city has all those highways, and they're all deteriorating. They all have to be built a certain way, and they want to make them last longer, right? So are there bricky networks that you know of that people can get together or even like Facebook groups or things yes. like that. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want to share some of those so people can actually, if you're a kid and you're listening yeah. and you want to get more information, I always tell them, get right to the brick. So there's Masonry Works. There's Ontario Masonry Council. Um, my my boss, George Windsor, is very involved and he's the president of his association and it's based in the GTA. Okay. Um, I know that the Ontario Masonry School, Julia, Brick Chick was part of that. That's yeah. how she came through. Um, myself in London, I have my local BACU, which is run by Brian Pringle and Ian Martin, and we do a lot of hands-on training with there. So I think you just have to kind of know where to find it. It's not always easy to find, but I know with associations like the Home Builders Association or your local construction association, they're promoting that. We also work with OEAP. So I know a couple of my masonry crews have students on the OEAP program participate and they hire them, in, or not hire them, but they bring them on through co-op in high school. And a lot of times they bring them in through laborers in the summer. And then how are those students? I'm curious about like the specific brekkies coming from OEAP. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. Young yeah. and they're hungry and they want to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, a, a couple of the crews in London that they're run by younger guys. Now, when I say younger, they're in their 40s, but, you know, they have a younger crew. So, yeah. you know, they show what hard work does and what you can achieve by starting it. And some of these kids come right out of high school and they're doing okay. They're not doing okay. They're doing really well, comparative. Do the kids know or realize there's a lot of labor in your first few years Absolutely. of bricking? Yeah. It's not like you're going to be on a mortar board and yeah. you're, you're handling the trowel and yeah. don't go right away and go buy a rose and, and all that kind yeah. of thing. Understand what part of the system that you're in yeah. because there is a, a hierarchy, so to speak, yeah. right? And yeah. eventually you'll get to the mortar board. Yeah. Right. And eventually you get to the line and then eventually you start laying. I think if they come out like and they start again through the OEAP program in high school, I think they're, they're aware of that. And I think when some of these crews have also gone through the program, yeah. they can say, I was there. I did that. I know what you're going through, but it gets better. It always gets better. It gets more fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's bad to begin with. Yeah. I mean, gone are the days of shovels being thrown, right. wheelbarrows being thrown, yeah. all kinds of stuff because yeah. things are being late to whatever. I think it's just like, it's go, go, go. When yeah. the sun is up and everybody's there yep. and you start working, it's literally go, go, go. But, totally. Right. And as the days get longer, they're working longer. So in the winter, you know, they may be not on the tools for eight hours a day. Obviously, the sun has a big part of that. Of course. Weather has a big part of that. But you get those longer hours to get a little bit of extra time in the winter. Profasco National Concrete Accessories and Brock White Construction Materials are now one team, part of North America's white cap brands of construction supply distributors. If you're looking for building envelope solutions, tools, safety supplies, or other products used on the job, this is the team that works hard to find out what you need, where you need it, and when you need it. From waterproofing and wall insulation to masonry, cladding, and thermal brake solutions, Profasco, Brock White, and NCA have the products for you.
They also have architectural representatives located across the country to help select the right options, answer questions, and quote on projects. If Canadian companies and tradespeople want to find out more, visit any Brock White location to view some exclusive product lines in person. Beyond Canada's West Coast, there's plenty of Profasco and NCA locations across multiple provinces that can help out. With over 70 locations across Canada, trust the team at Profasco. Brock White and NCA for your next project. You can reach out to them and find your nearest location at profasco.com, nca.ca, and brockwhite.ca. I'm not even a brickie. Yeah. But I will stop and watch. Yeah. And I'll watch all day long. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'll be in awe of whatever amount of courses have been laid. Yeah. And I'm just in awe of it. Like yeah. I just look at it. And then you go up on the scaffold and you start taking a look at it. And, and the line is still on the last one yeah. that they finished. And yeah. the, the last step brick is on there. And the mortarboards are all clean. And I'm in awe of all that yeah. stuff. Because it's like a, it's like an amazing trade machine. Mm-hmm. They all work together in unison. One brickie has a certain section. They yeah. come on to the next section. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're talking to each other. And sometimes there's talking smack and, yeah. and whatever. Depending on what language. If it's Italian, Portuguese, <laughs> or Irish, or whatever. Yeah. Right? But I mean, like they all just move and they work and all of a sudden like line and it's you're a, in line and line, right? It's almost like worker bees. Yes. They just like work their way down. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's th- that's why I've got so much love for that yeah. specific trade, right? Yeah. So whenever, if you introduce yourself as a brickie to me, yeah. my ears perk. Just recently, um, there was an infill house that was done right by my house where I live in London. And I would stop by the site every day while the guys were doing the install. Because every day I was just like, wow. And it was our stone. And I just loved seeing the progress of it. And I could see it every single day and how far they got. And it was just amazing. And how many neighbors would go, that house is really beautiful. Look how much they got done today. Because then they realized it was me that supplied the masonry. <laughs> <laughs> and I like was stalking the house. But no, like just again. You're watching the process. That's, that's what you're it. doing. That's right. You're yeah. respecting the trade. Absolutely. You're respecting the industry. Absolutely. And they might be quiet and they're tired yeah. and they're end of the day. But I guarantee you any bricklayer towards the end of the day and they're finishing up, yeah. they look over their shoulder. Yeah. They look over their shoulder. They look at the crew. Yeah. They look at what was accomplished today. They're they look proud. at what time they started, what time they finished. Yeah. And they're very, very proud. Absolutely. They're extremely proud of what they achieved with yeah. their hands, right? Yeah. So that's why I think it's such an amazing trade to get yeah. in because you'll get those feelings a yeah. lot of the time. Listen, it's Canada. We have the cold days. Yeah. We have the tenting. We have the yeah. propane going on. We have sometimes rain coming yeah. in. And you got to be conscious of all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just like. It's hard. Yeah, it's it hard, is. But it's well worth it, and yeah. it's very rewarding. Absolutely. Again, to be able to drive down and go, I did that. Yes. I did that. I did that. That's a huge sense of accomplishment for anybody involved in the building. Let me do a little bit of history sure. in construction, Sarah. Um, how many bricks do you think are made each year? <gasps> Take a stab at it. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with Canada? a billion. I was going to say, like... It's billions. Four billion. It's 1.5 billion okay. bricks are produced globally each year. Of these, 1.3 billion of those bricks are uh, 87% of it are from Asia. Oh, I was that's sh- shocked. Okay, I was shocked. How many bricks are produced in a day? Ten thousand to twenty thousand bricks per day. That's insane. That's that's worldwide. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. Uh, which countries um, are the largest manufacturer of bricks? 
I'm going to say North America. So U.S. and Canada, Australia. Nope. So bricks are world's 1,125th most traded product okay. as of 2021. The top exporters of bricks were China, wow. 34.7 million, Spain, 29.1 million, Italy, 26.4 million, Philippines, 19.3 million, and Tanzania, 15.3 million. These are insane numbers. I like, I guess. I've never, I've never been to China, so I, I don't know what their buildings look like, but I would have never thought they were a masonry producer I to the volume that they when are. When I got all this information, I was like, I don't understand how China and Asia are popping up all the time, but wow. how big is the brick industry? The market size measured by revenue of the clay brick and product manufacturing industry is a $5.8 billion industry as of 2023. $5.8 billion industry. What is the lifespan of bricks? So as we mentioned, bricks are durable and therefore sustainable and reusable. The vast majority will last at least 150 years. Historically, the brick industry has been cautious about advocating to reuse brick due to the uncertainties around the product performance. Mm -hmm. uh, what were bricks made of uh, 100 years ago? Clay. Yeah. So bricks were traditionally formed by hand by packing clay into wooden molds. By the 1870s, brick making machines had become more common. The machine used by the Schroeder brickyard, Schroeder, 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 uh, at its opening used steam to pack the brick molds with tempered yeah. clay. Uh, how many bricks does, this is kind of cute. How many bricks does Lego oh. make, make a day? It's a lot. <laughs> I don't know. In 750,000? <laughs> in one year, Lego makes around 36 billion pieces. If we divide it by 365, that comes up to 125 million pieces a day. Wow. And about 5 million every hour. Given that a one-foot cube of can can hold about 400 pieces, you can imagine how many houses you can fill every day with Lego. That's insane. That's crazy. We've all played with Lego, Absolutely. Right? So that's, I just wanted to share that. Wow. <laughs> Aeroscraft Canada Brick, uh, com and sarah.steel at aeroscraft.com and also on Instagram, stone underscore and underscore brick underscore girl and also Aeroscraft. And Canada Brick have separate Instagram yeah. accounts, right? And so does General Shale. Okay. All right. So you guys are all over there if anybody's got a question. And if anybody's got a question about bricks, they can always reach Absolutely. out to you and shoot you yeah. an email, right? Yeah. So uh what's new and exciting what's coming on the market what's what's like you guys are warm, well what's coming back is warm neutral trends we're starting to get those requests I like classic it. reds i like are it. coming back i like that color. i do too i do too there's yeah. a you know what's funny is there's a warmth to it it is it's very inviting yeah mm -hmm. it kind of just and i get that you have the modern contemporary yeah. people out there yeah um the ones that don't go full modern yeah. annoy me because they kind of mix match yeah. and they do something that's, yeah. I don't know what is, but um, for the most part, everyone's going more traditional looking, right? I think you're starting to see that. And I always say, like when I meet with a homeowner, I say, you're going to pull up to this house potentially for 20, 25, 30 years. If this is your forever home, you really can't change your exterior. Yes, you can change the paint color on your door. Yes, you could paint your window frames, but your brick and your stone is staying. So you want to be happy. You want to pull into that driveway every day and go, I love my house. That just makes them nervous because they got to make a decision. That's <laughs> it is. literally yeah. concrete. <laughs> but I try to make it um, easy for them and see what they're gravitating towards. So I work really closely with the builders and the designers. 
They just need to hold the brick. Yeah. They just literally need to hang out to that brick, yeah. go everywhere with it, leave it in the car, yeah. go to work with it, put it on your desk, yeah. keep on looking at that yeah. brick. And if you still love it after all that time and you're seeing that yeah. color in different daylights, artificial yeah. lights and everything like that, then go with that color, that brick. Absolutely. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about maintenance? Because I think that a lot of people think it's just magic. Brick, I walk away. Yeah. No, I'm constantly walking around my own place and looking at if I see any cracks in the mortar joints, if I'm seeing anything, yeah. like any kind of flaking going on, and I start to address it. Yeah. So there is maintenance attached to brick. A little bit, but really not that much. And if your mason does a good job, it should be relatively maintenance-free. Yeah. 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 So, but the thing is, you have to walk around and look yes. and just pay attention. You don't yeah. know how harsh Mother Nature has been no. on one side of the house or one corner or one east mm-hmm. or whatever. So you have yeah. to just be paying attention yeah. to that. And back in the day, I mean, wood-burning fireplaces played a big part in That's chimney restoration. That's a very, very, very yep. good point because yeah. you'll get a lot of uh, deterioration there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just because Canada's winters. Yes. And you've got heat coming out of yeah. there. Yeah. Are the people still building wood burning? I don't. Can you? I don't. No, no, you. you're totally allowed. You oh, have okay. to get a wet certified bricky okay. to do okay. it. Okay. So W-E-T-T certified. I truthfully don't see it with the builders that I work with. Mostly it's it's gas. You know what I'm thinking? Nobody knows how to make a fire. <laughs> <laughs> But can't use those. Actually, my very first home that I bought, um, I had a wood-burning fireplace. I never put a fire in it. I had those logs with the paper. Logs are the worst thing you can do because they build uh, a film on on the inside of your clay liner and uh, going up to the top. Yeah. But I'm like, I joke, but it's true. I don't think people realize how to make a fire. Like, I think it's true. Like, it's not that hard to make in in a properly built fireplace. With a f- proper firebox, yeah. um, it's actually pretty easy to build a fire. Yeah. And then also, I guess yeah. the other argument about you can have a little bit of soot or something like yeah. that by the base of the fireplace, yeah. and, and you don't want that in your room or whatever. Yeah. But still, all that stuff is disappears the moment you smell it in the wintertime. Yeah. You walk into a home, you smell it, yeah. and you're like going, okay. There's something about a wood-burning fireplace. Yes. There's totally something yeah. compared to a gas, whatever. Yeah. Gas is convenient. You hit a button, it turns yeah. on. But something about a wood burner. Absolutely. And the crackling. But you do have to, at some point, either get hire somebody to get on the roof yeah. and take a look at the flashing around the chimney, take a look at the yep. chimney, take a look at the capping, the coping on the chimney mm-hmm. on the top, take a look at the liners, have a peek inside, yeah. you know, throw a flashlight in there and just take a peek and just make sure that clay hasn't cracked, bricks no. or mortar joints are not cracking, uh, especially during the, I mean, if we have harsh winters, yeah. that's going to happen, right? You definitely need maintenance and inspections done regularly, for sure. And then continue using yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple builders, though, actually, that I think they do exterior wood-burning fireplaces. That seems to be popular. What are the rules by you guys when it comes to that? Because I know that in Toronto, there's a lot of strict rules, right? Don't think we're allowed to have an open... Okay, there's funny things here. You're not allowed to have an open fireplace within 20 feet of a combustible home. But then a brick home is not a combustible home. Yeah. But... Is the window or the door combustible? I should know this because my best friend's husband is a firefighter, but I don't. Um, there's rules. You got there's rules, and I think it's like region and different yes. municipalities. Yeah, so I know in London you can have a fire outside, um, but it has to be self-contained. Yeah, but I don't know what the I whole rules are. I don't are. know either. But there's it's a I bring up a funny point because someone told me that you're not allowed to do something like this, but you're totally allowed to put a pizza oven. Yes, you can. But 
a pizza oven is technically speaking, like a real wood burning right. pizza oven, technically speaking, a fireplace. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a firebox yeah. and you have a flue. Yeah. And you've got an open opening. Yeah. And you've got flame. So you can have a pizza oven, but you can't, can't have a some areas fire. you can't have a fire a wood burning fireplace. So I just yeah. I mean I think it probably is, yeah, region to region. But think about how many, like Sarah, honestly, how many, how much more time would you spend outside if you had a fireplace and how much longer into the yeah. season you would, like, I see people park those heaters, those patio yeah. gas heaters right on wood decks. Yep. But you're not allowing a yeah. fireplace. <laughs> yeah. I think you probably would be. You could potentially be out there all year. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that, like, if you actually set it up properly and you've got that little bit of heat coming from yeah. the firebox, it's cozy enough to be yeah. outside. During winter days. Absolutely. So why not do that? Because here in Canada, most people just shut it down and <laughs> wrap up the patio furniture and just lock That's everything it. down. Leave the path <laughs> for the dog to go outside to do their business yeah. and then come right back in. Yeah. No, why don't we use it? It's Canada. Yeah. It's winter, right? Yeah. So I'm fortunate. I have friends that live outside of the city and they have fires year round. Envious. But we're outside of the city. I know the rules here are the neighbors yeah. and how far you can. So they be, I guess they basically make the rules. So then you get to the property line. You're like, oh, so I could park it right on the fence, basically. Yeah. But I can't park it there because the fence is out of wood. <laughs> yeah. I think there's always a gray area. So you gotta yeah. you have to build a pizza oven fireplace. That's it. That's it. That's it. Then you then you're making pizza all the time yeah. whenever anybody comes by from the shout city. out to my friends because they have a pizza oven and they have an outdoor fire pit. They're the best ones to go to. <laughs> So you just give up the address that's and everybody it, goes over it. there. Everybody's going to go out there. <laughs> what else do I want to know about you guys? What's the history? Like how long has it okay, all been around? So Aircraft, yeah. 75 years. Wow, I didn't even know yeah. it was that old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Calcium silicate. So we're a manufactured stone made from sand, lime, and pigment. Basically, as a kid, do you remember going to the beach? Yeah. Pack your sand into your pail. Yeah turn it over that's how it comes out consistency and then from there we put it into the autoclave we bake it so like a giant pressure cooker it comes out and then from there we form it so after it's been baked you form it yeah so we'll hand rock it and then the pigment the coloring is at what point no that's all at the beginning at the very beginning at the very beginning so and it almost looks like a giant cake mi cake mixer so they'll put in the sand the pigment the lime they mix it all together, and that's when they bring it down through the pressing, turn it over. Looks exactly like how a sugar cube, cube consistency. Yeah. And then they pack it in, and they put it into our autoclave. It bakes for about eight hours, and it's a giant pressure cooker. So we are the closest thing. We are what Mother Nature does, but we just happen to do it in a day. And then you guys have the guys on the lab coats figuring out new recipes, right? Um, no, the recipe is pretty... It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. 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 They haven't really changed it. If you go into our plant, some of our machinery is like the original. Because it works. It does work. So it's like, why, why try yeah. to fix something that's not broke? Yeah, that's right. So that's all it is. And then you just do different runs and Yeah, so and we'll whatever. have like tumbled stone. We have um, split stone, smooth stone, like our Renaissance units. Yeah, and then we've also got a deer... So we have a quarry that's in Hope Bay, which is near Wyerton. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a natural limestone quarry. So, so we really have it all. And you're just excavating it from that yeah. and then bringing it right yeah. to the source. And yeah. Then just so we bring it down, saw, down to the sawhouse, get it cut up. 
I'm still amazed that it's so few ingredients yeah. to make the product. Yeah. And then the product lasts so long. Absolutely. So there's many universities. The other thing that makes us unique is that um, we are fade resistant. So you could go to many university campuses, hospital campuses, and they've had Aeroscraft on their walls for like, I don't know, 50, 60 years, if not longer, and they need to do a repair. Well, we have the recipe, and we can make one stone in the lab and put that out and send it out for repair. I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah. so during the years, the sun won't, and winter, nothing, no, wind elements will nothing. not change that? No. I didn't realize yeah. that. So it's fade resistant. That's a huge selling feature for us because, again, if you have to do a repair, done. So I can speak like Western University. We have a special blend for that. So if somebody calls from, I don't know, the music hall or one of the buildings, we can literally make them a piece of stone to fix whatever they have to fix. A truck's backed into something or there's been some... I love that because, I mean, that's the one downside when you try to renovate. You can get the best bricky to tooth. Mm -hmm. And have a new opening yeah. or have an extension. And you always try to figure out the best way that we yeah. can do this, where we try to take it to a corner yeah. and we start from scratch from the yeah. corner. So then the new stuff will look slightly different from yeah. the old stuff. There's obviously weathering that will happen yeah. over time or, you know. If but it's a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll blend right yeah. in. Yeah. I know like whenever I'm touring people through London, it, I, I'm really proud at what we've accomplished over at the university just to be able to see people or to see it through. And you can see like phase one, phase two, phase three, there was a repair over there. And it, you really, you have to look for it. You got to be close. See, yeah. 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 So that really makes us unique. So w- is there a special technique for that or is it just the way you guys have done it? It's then? just our... That's just how yeah, it is. Yeah. Three ingredients. Mm-hmm. Wow. So even if in the performance-wise, too, like if you go to our head office in Cambridge, that building was built in the 60s. Still the original masonry. It lo- It's Angelstone, which was our previous name. But it looks like it was built yesterday. <laughs> so it holds up over time. And you're not going to have those deficiencies coming out. Do you guys do a bunch of, do you do, you do testing? You Absolutely. Yeah, you'll pull, testing. you'll pull samples off every, the line. Every line. Every, every line gets. Every day gets material. And what kind of testing you guys are doing? Freeze thaw cycle is okay. a big one because we want to make sure that it'll to So are you guys up. taking the product and putting it into yeah, a freezer? Yeah, we have a lab, yeah. Yeah. Are you dousing, like soaking it in water yeah. and then putting it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you go going extreme testing. Extreme test. Wow. Yeah. So our lab, they the guys do a phenomenal job down there to the point where if somebody calls and says, I think I have a deficiency with my stone, I'm, the first thing we can pinpoint is from our skid tag. So we could go back and say, all right, it was made on this day, go back even further and know what line it came off of and what time it was made and what shift. And then you can take whatever samples yeah. were tested that That's right. time yeah. and compare the notes. Yeah, because we, we keep a catalog of it. So we have samples in, so we keep all of that. But that's far and few that something would happen. It's right? not very often. No. Right. No. I, well, I get very few calls about, oh, I've got a problem. It's not very, it's very, I think I've had like maybe two, three over the time that I've been with them. I mean, Sarah, you, you talk to a lot of brickies. I do. Right. So of starting out. Yeah. Middle of the career. Yeah. Trying to retire. Yeah. But they don't want to retire because they don't want to be at home. Yeah doing nothing yeah 
uh, they probably start breaking a bunch of stuff at home yeah. if they were doing that. They're um, making pizza ovens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. My dad used to build anything and everything out of yeah. brick, right? It's just, it was the thing that he did. It just, it was very Portuguese and yeah. I just left it at that. I yeah. would never do what he did, but he did that. So it was his thing. Yeah. But that's the bricklayer in it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they're a special breed. But I mean, what are you hearing from them? Do they have, are they worried about the younger kids coming up? Are they happy about the younger kids coming up? I think they're, I mean, there's always a little bit of fear that we're not going to be able to get the numbers that we need. I mean, I know in London, we have to build 45,000 units in the next 10 years. And it's not just masonry. It's like the skilled trade shortage is province-wide. So I, I do think there's a little bit of fear. But honestly, the government has been doing such great incentives for the skilled trades industry. So I think... You know, we're starting to see a resurgence. And again, it's people like you, people like me going out and talking about skilled trades. My sister laughs because we'll be out. She's a teacher and she'll run into an old student and, you know, she'll say, hey, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, working on a framing crew and I'm behind her going, yay, skilled trades. Like, I think just more people promoting it, it's bringing awareness to what a satisfying and fulfilling career that it is. Yeah. Uh. So you're seeing, okay, when you say that you have to make, is that part of the 1.5 million homes that the government has yeah. kind of planted? Yeah. So f- you guys are responsible for 45,000 of those in homes? In London, yeah. Is that achievable in the next nine years now, I guess, we're get, dealing with? We got to get more skilled trades. That's what I was, yeah. I had Luca Bocci on yeah. the show here. Yeah. So, and I said to him, before you guys announced that, yeah. you should have announced where we're going to get all the skilled yeah. trades from. Yeah. Then, then I can partner with you and tell you sure you'll achieve that goal right now the workforce isn't there to build the 1.5 no i think it's it's definitely coming like there's been huge efforts monty mcnaughton who's actually from um the chatham kent area um he's down my way he's a huge proponent of our industry um and he's always out doing a great you know announcements that are coming um he just had an announcement last week at my local back you so I think it's just, it's got to be at that ground level, starting and getting the word out there. And as well, I think with immigration, I mean, I had, I had grandparents that immigrated to Canada and, you know, that was what you did, skilled trades. So I think bringing in the, you know, we've got a huge immigration influx. We should be bringing them into our skilled trade, like, like workforce. Shouldn't we also be helping them out, like, giving them a little bit of an assistance for coming in here if they do want to jump into the skilled trade. I think so. Like, I think you should, but it's not there right now. No. Like, they literally have to, and, and you know this, like any person that gets into trade, especially a brickie, yeah. it's five to seven years, if not a little bit longer, before they're actually on the board mm-hmm. and producing right work. Yeah. yeah. So it takes time. So even if you bring the influx now, we won't see a difference for yeah. five to seven years. Yeah, but if, you've, if you're bringing somebody from out of the country who is in skilled trades, That's a different story. they should be able to be fast-tracked. They're, but will, yeah, but see, they're not. Yeah. That's the problem I have because, I mean, I, I, I was shocked when I first started my construction career. Yeah. I was meeting Irish Mason after Irish yeah. Mason. And my thought process growing up is yeah. like the Italians and the Portuguese. Yeah. Those are the ones that kind of ruled the, yeah. the, the brick and concrete world. Yeah. But that's not the case. There was a huge amount of Irishmen and women that were coming yeah. in that were, they loved doing those trades. Yeah. Like they, yeah. were, they, were, they knew how to do them really well from back home. Yeah. 
But the thing is that they were not getting the support from the government to kind of fast track them. That's the thing. I think it's just, you know, we all have to kind of be lobbying with our government saying we need this. And it's not just necessarily skilled trades. It's, it's everything. We've got a worker shortage in Canada. So it's, if you come in and you can, you can work and you've got that skill level, we should be fast tracking them to help it's, you know, from healthcare to whatever it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, within like get them on the board, Yeah. start laying brick. Yeah. Whoever's foreman or whoever's a supervisor on that crew, they will know within two, three bricks whether they know what they're doing or not. And if they know what they're doing, then start ordering more projects and start building the crew and then getting more work. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's why I'm not, I mean, I I love politicians and I hate them, but I hate them more, but because they, they know how to milk the sound bites. Yeah. But there, nobody ever kind of follows through with those sound bites, yeah. right? And okay, so what exactly is happening? And then trying to figure it out. But there are a lot of smaller crews that are yeah. looking for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they need the support. Yeah. But I think, again, like just at the ground level, promoting skilled trades, 100%. starting with 100%. high school. And I mean, even in Windsor, there's an association called Build a Dream that is for women, for girls. And okay. they go out and they have... Um, trade shows across the country, across Ontario, and they open it up. And it's not just necessarily construction. It's just women in the workforce. So it could be policing, firefighting, um, obviously skilled trades and build a dream. And they've, I've participated in a couple of their events in London and they get like 700 people out. Wow. Yeah. How long, how many years have you been doing that? Oh, I've been around six. So I, I, at least six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. We need one of those here. Yes. Well, I, I believe they speak in the GTA. Okay, do yeah. they? Yeah. I know Tools in the Trades. Yeah. They're doing a bunch of stuff yeah. as well, and they've got a bunch of their workhouse, wor- workshops all over the place yeah. as well, too. So, And they're getting, they're attracting a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. So it's good to see that. But you're right. It's It really is going to start with every tradesperson that's yeah. in the industry right yeah. now. We just have to speak up. We do. We have to. Yeah. And like I said, I'm the first person to be like the cheerleader behind Skilled trades. Doesn't matter if you're male, female, skilled trades. There's an opportunity. <laughs> Let me do a little bit of OBC talk here. Yeah. I'll test you because this is oh. actually directly. <laughs> don't worry. There's no, you won't, nothing, there's no penalties. Uh, what is the minimum air gap behind a brick? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. I want to say six inches, 12 inches. It's one inch. One inch, oh, there you go. <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> when insulation is placed in the airspace, the clearance from the interior of the brick to the exterior of the insulation must be no less than a normal one inch, which is 25.4 millimeters. This provides sufficient space for the mason to lay the brick properly and for the wall to function as a drainage wall. Yeah. I've always known it as one inch, right? So, And then you always see it. If you get it tighter, then there's a problem there. Yeah. Uh, the Ontario Building Code thickness of exterior walls. So masonry exterior walls, other than the cavity wall in one-story buildings and the top story of two- and three-story buildings, shall not be less than 140 millimeter thick, provided the walls are not more than 2.8 meters high at the eaves and 4.6 meters high at the peaks or gable end. Uh, do brick walls need vapor barrier? 
Yes. Installing yes. vapor barrier on a warm interior wall of your cement brick house will prevent condensation and reduce air leakage through your walls. It serves a purpose yeah. there. That's why. And, and the unfortunate thing, and I will give props out to all the brickies, um, it's really technically the framer's responsibility. Uh, but they sometimes leave it and you'll show up on a job site and you have the flapping sail going on and then they expect the brickies to just mm-hmm. start taping and securing all that stuff. It's not their job. They yeah. should not be doing it. Uh, what is code for weep holes in brick? Any idea? Weep holes are those yeah. holes in Oh, the, I know what they are. Yeah, the first uh, course of brick and they serve a, a huge I purpose. Would, I believe it's every six feet. Every 30, so uh, weep holes shall be provided in the outside width of the brick, with a W, uh, walls at a minimum spacing of 33 inches, 838 millimeters on center. Okay. Uh, Weep holes shall not be less than 3 sixteenths of an inch, 5 millimeters in diameter. Uh, Weep holes shall be located immediately above the flashing. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was three uh, three feet itself, so 36 inches. I said three feet. You said six. Did or I say six three? Oh. No, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. No, I just <laughs> some brickies don't even know this. I didn't know all. I knew about the one inch. That's the extent yeah. of it. I knew about the one inch. But triple uh, w airscraft.com, sarah.steel at airscraft.com, and stone underscore and underscore brick underscore girl, and then also airscraft have got their own IG, and Canada Bricks got their own IG, and the third one, the other one, General Shale. General Shale, that's it, right? So, um, what else is going on in the brickland? Our architectural linear series brick. It's a 24 inch brick, random lengths. So it goes to, up, up to, to 24. 24 inches. Right. And then what's the smallest length that it comes in? Because they ran, they're random. So okay. usually you don't see it much past kind of 12 inches. It may split in the center. Um, Are they doing that because homeowners would look at the house and if it's a narrower house, it'll feel like it's longer? It is. That's the purpose behind it? But it's also got that that influence from Europe. So it's a chattered edge. It's very like a rustic linear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't have a perfect edge either. So so it must look nice. It's a chattered bike. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't think I've seen it. I've done it on a few residential projects and I've also done it on some high rises in London on the podium level. And what colors are they making them in right uh, now? Right now, we have um, a white, a gray, an earth tone, and then obsidian, which is similar to like a darker, not black, because it takes a lot of black pigment to get that dark, but it's a definitely like a darker charcoal gray. What are you guys recommending? Because I know that the moment you start changing this, the brick tones. Yeah. If you go the classic red brick or the brown yeah. brick, then you're going with traditional mortar, Yeah. the gray. Yeah. But then when it comes to black and whites and other colors you're not necessarily using the gray mortar anymore. So with like, if you're going to go in with like a darker black brick, you can do a black mortar. Okay. It's more costly to do. Of course. Obviously with a lighter brick, you're going to go into more of a federal white yes. masonry or a premix with that um, to get consistent color. Cause again, like you can see with lighter mortar when it was done different times throughout the year, you yeah. may find that it, it doesn't dry the exact same shade. So I, I have a lot of guys that use premix. So, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of brickies actually do yeah. that where they don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. They don't have to make sure that the laborers putting in enough shovels of this and enough shovels right. of that. So yeah. it's like, it's already the color. Yeah. Just mix it up and get it on and the board. And that's the one thing like I'll say to a homeowner, they'll say, I love this stone or I love this brick. And I say, great, but I want you to know that masonry is like Mona Lisa. She's 
often replicated but never duplicated. <laughs> so that mortar, exactly what you were saying, the mason may put in a couple extra shovels of that sand and a little bit more like mortar color. So it's never going to look the same. So I always have to set that expectation that no two houses are ever going to look the same. You could have a house side by side with different it's or true. sorry, same stone, but different finishings, and true. it looks completely different. It's such an organic material. Yeah, right? it is. And the way it works. So, but I guess with clients, if they're asking for those new linear bricks or the new yeah. style of bricks, right. and you're already paying a premium for that brick, yeah. now you have to understand that you're going to pay a premium for the labor. Yes, you are. Yeah. Right, because there's going to be more, more work involved. They have yeah. to be more conscious of it Absolutely. right now. So laying down yeah. a 24-inch linear brick is a yeah. little different than laying down yeah. an 8.5-inch long yeah. brick, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the height of it? Is it uh, narrow as well as two and, a, two and an eighth or something? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That must look really cool. They're right? very cool. If you go on my Instagram, you can probably find... You'll see you'll, a bunch Yeah, of you'll that. see some of it. Yeah. They look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Can you beautiful do I guess, can you do details with it or you're just doing standard bond... No, you can do some. You can can do some detailing with it. I've only seen it laid like in either half bond or stack bond. Okay. But I, I definitely I don't see why you couldn't add some detailing into it. I know um, our architectural rep in who covers the Eastern Seaboard. He's done some phenomenal projects in New York City, Brooklyn, Boston with those products? with those bricks. Oh yeah. yeah, he's the like king of the linear brick. I find it hard to believe that Boston would be embracing that because there's such yeah. a traditional mindset there. And yeah. if it's not brick, it's siding, yeah. wood siding. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's yeah. just, but it, I guess he's he's basically penetrating the market he w- And he works really closely with the architects that in that region, but, um, Residential yeah. or commercial? No, that's com- he's commercial. Good, that's what yeah. I figured. Okay, yeah. so commercial, commercial makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you, yeah, you go into Boston and you see some high-rises, beautiful high-rises with the architectural linear series brick. There's actually one um, that just went up. Now, you have to forgive me, I'm not as no, GTA- no. Yeah. Familiar, but across from the Drake Hotel. Okay, so there's you're on a, Queen Street. Yeah, right on Queen Street. There's an architectural linear brick I going up know, right now. Yeah, it's I know. Beautiful. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Right? Actually, my coworker, who you know, Paolo Libia, worked on yeah, that job. I know Paolo. And Bruno Masucci. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. There are GTA reps. Two so of them. I, I remember driving down, and I think I saw the condo head officer. So now they're, they've already broken ground. They're yeah, starting to yeah, work in and build yeah. it. How many stories is that? Do you know offhand? I'm curious. I That I don't know. Okay. If I said 25, I'm probably lying. No. Could be higher. But it's another, yeah, it's another yeah. parking lot in Toronto that's it, being turned into a condo, it which is, is great. Yeah. But at least they're using brick because yeah. I think there's too much glass downtown right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the landscape in Toronto has definitely changed. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know who the civil engineer is here in the city, but they need a talking to. I'm so <laughs> far removed from the GTA. I'll just stay in my southwest Ontario bubble. Because you guys are doing everything correctly yeah. out by your way. Yeah. That's what it is, yeah. right? Maybe a hundred years from now, it might be a little different. Yeah, maybe we'll see. But I'm just a purist when it comes to brick. I yeah. just I would like to see more brick. It's yeah. nice to see when you see high rises going up with yeah. the brick. Yeah, I definitely. I'm working on a few with some architects right now in the London area. Um, Windsor, again, I I don't know if it's maybe just our market, but we definitely build now, with brick where the, I am. Are the commercial bricklayers a different breed to the residential? Yes, brick? they are. Yeah. What's the I what's the so. what's the quick like? What's the difference between the two? I think sometimes with the residential, at least with the residential guys I work with, they really 
they go, they'll do the detailing, whereas you're not really going to get that detailing in an architectural project unless yeah. it's spec'd. Um, both are good. I've got great crews. I'm fortunate with the guys that I get to work with and women um, uh, that I, I, I get to deal with every day. So, no, I think I've got a, a good group of individuals in my area. The commercial guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are there? I, there's got to be more bricklayers in the commercial world. I, I, I've noticed a few now are actually switching over to the union. Yeah, they're getting in there because yeah. I guess uh, running the business has been a little challenging, yeah. and you're getting a lot of clients not really wanting to pay what yeah. they really deserve to pay. Um, then you're getting that whole world. Yeah. Right? No, there's definitely. Uh, we work very closely with the local BACU okay. in London and in Windsor. Um, so there, I would say more the commercial world is definitely. Uh, union than residential at least in my area i can't comment for the gta you get a lot of guys in the gta that focus a lot of on uh, res uh restoration work mm -hmm. and taking those projects yeah, on trying we, to match it right and everything like that we do that have that as well i'm not as involved with them some of them i am depending like if what they're what they're looking to do um canada brick we usually have some an alternative something that they can do but i know um julia like she spends so much time tinting that brick and aging that brick i we don't i don't to my knowledge she gets have, into that world yeah, yeah we don't ha we have it in our area but it's not as frequent i think as as it is in the gta because we're asked to perform magician tasks <laughs> I think so and i think like that your buildings here i think just from a pollution standpoint much more volume of traffic people there's a so lot there more might, wear and tear yeah i think so whereas we don't really have as much wear and tear on our buildings no it's a it's a good point you're bringing up because the thing is that you can actually get that exact same brick that's a perfect match to what's existing there yeah. but the moment you get it on site you're like, wait a minute, it's yeah. not exactly the same, but yeah. that brick hasn't been aged to the Toronto life. No. Definitely the um, restoration crews are magicians. Yeah, uh, they, they do they some wonderful things. Because you'll notice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, what else do I want to know about you guys? As we're getting closer to wrapping up, I'm just curious. I don't know. What would you like to know about us? We've know. been around for 70 years. Canada Brick's been around for like 100 years. We are one of the largest masonry suppliers in Canada. Does it make sense for you guys to make to start running a line of your own trials? Or is everyone just dedicated to a specific trial? I think everybody has their preferences. Yeah. yeah. So it makes no sense that if, uh, if you guys came up with a trial, no. they're going to buy that. No. Because they're going to go back to whatever trial yeah. that they're so used to, right? Yeah. Because I know certain brickies are so attached to their trial. And don't touch their tools. <laughs> well, you can, yeah. but you won't be breathing for much longer. No. <laughs> no. Um, our, what are, we have a lead masonry instructor, Brian Lloyd, who is Canadian but lives in North Carolina, and his um, counterpart, Brandon Collins, who's in Tennessee, and they come up here frequently, and we run masonry demos, and they're all about, you can, you know, touch their tools, but don't you take them, at, you know, out of eyesight, like, because you just don't know what you're going to no. do with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like it, the last thing I guess you want to do, if it's a clean trowel, come back and it's a dirty trowel. Absolutely. And then you're like, well, why didn't you clean this up yeah. properly? Or why didn't you lay yeah. brick properly? Like, yeah. it's, but Even when we do masonry demos, like they'll have us lay brick and stone. Brian's always like, don't clean my tools. 
Leave them. I'll Some, take care I, of I know that there's like a little bit of back uh, and banter going on. Yeah. Brickies from different places. Yeah. And they're like, why is your trowel so dirty? Well, yeah. What about the work? <laughs> why don't you look at the work? Yeah. Who cares about what my trowel yeah. looks like? Yeah. Um, I just, it's, it's kind of sad because I think that that older generation there's still some there's quite a few brickies that are mm-hmm. in their mid to late 60s even yeah. their 70s and they're still laying brick yeah and we've got one in london sal the machine he, I, he's a legend you have i have no idea what number brick yeah. he's at because i guess when they got started back in the day it was by brick yeah that was their rate yeah so they would just work it but i mean i'm sure there's millions of bricks that they laid yeah but these guys are going to be gone soon yeah like and and there's some brick companies that are concerned about I think my business is going to fold because I, I need my dad, my uncle, my all the older. And that's a sad point of this industry. But I think you're also starting to see the, you know, the third generation come in. So their kids, they've been around it since they were, you know, walking. So they're starting to come into the trades. And then you see they're, they're promoting it to their friends. So I, I definitely, you know, I think you see that coming in more and more. And again, having high schools that promote skilled trades, having associations that pr- actively promote skilled trades. It's important. It's very, very important. Yeah. We need more of it. And we need it yesterday. That's the thing about for it. For right? sure. Because we won't see the cause and effect for another yeah. five, right? Seven yeah. years or so. I know um, with I'm, with the London Home Builders, we have a careers and construction um, committee and up until COVID, we would actively go into the high schools and give career presentations. And it's not just on masonry. It's on all aspects. How of were they building. received? How were the Very kids? Very well. Really? Yeah? yeah. Lots of questions, yeah. lots of inquiries about mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. Yeah. The National um, Canadian Home Builders president is Sue Wastel, and she's from a family-run business, and she is a female builder and walking in she captures that audience because one she's a female but she's very successful and so she goes in and gives a phenomenal presentation on the next generation of skilled trades and careers and construction and it's not always necessarily being on the tools like i said i'm in sales i'm a oh there's a whole there's so much industry there's so many arms right we can't work better without people like you right like it it's all connected right yeah. So it's interesting that yeah. she does it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No. So there's a lot of us on that that committee that actively go in through Thames Valley um, and speak about the opportunities in construction. And I honestly, I think it's just all about promotion. I think it's it's just surprising sometimes to still hear that the stigma is attached to construction when you're mm-hmm. speaking to the younger generation. How I guess everybody else is. Tr- going elsewhere in other industries yeah. and they're becoming influencers or do, they're doing all kinds of yeah. other stuff, but they don't really look at the trades as a viable option. I think some schools do. Um, I think it really just depends too on the guidance counselors and what the opportunity is. I know like when I was in school, it was university, university. Yes. Well, yes. I went to college and I did a co-op program. And from that, I got experience. And did I go straight into construction? No, but in high school, I did work for a builder and I was a hostess, um, showing the model homes. I also worked for my mom. But again, I had a, at a very young age was exposed to the world, you were in the world. of residential yeah. construction. And I knew at a very young age that I wanted to be like my mom and I wanted to go into residential construction. But in my 20s, being on the sales side, I wouldn't have been taken serious. So I came to Toronto 
honed my skills. And then I went back to London and worked for a builder and then from there went into plumbing and nail masonry. So I've, it's been around. But I think, again, it's like people like myself, like you, you have to talk about skilled traits. Everybody has to yeah, be absolutely. contributing, right? So yeah. if you're on we, your way out, it's like you almost got to bring in too. You have to. <laughs> we all have to live somewhere, shop somewhere, like yeah. work somewhere. Your responsibility as a tradesperson yeah. working in the industry, before yeah. you head out, you got to bring two in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's just how it is. Yeah. You got to keep on multiplying. Yeah. So And two good ones. Yeah, two, absolutely. So that means you're responsible for their training and what they're going to learn and where yeah. they're going to achieve. And you're going to be proud of that. And it's, I think it's also part to be part of a mentor program. Yes. Yeah. I know that little groups are being built, you mm-hmm. know, like they're designing them all over the place and they're speaking yeah. to communities. And it's refreshing to hear yeah. that parents are embracing it now. Yeah. Uh, because there are a lot of parents that don't embrace but it. But that's the um, program I was speaking about in Windsor, Build a Dream. They go in at the high school level and they have these events that they bring in to attract females, girls, into specifically the skilled trade world. And it, could, like I said, it could be firefighting, policing, construction, but it's there and they're making awareness and they do a phenomenal job promoting that there's outside of the university path and there is a career path that can be found through college or through OEAP or through apprenticeship. I wish the guidance counselors would just actually present the math. (laughs) If you were going to, I don't know, if you wanted to go to business admin or something like that and what it would cost you to go to university to do that and then what it would cost you to become a bricklayer or another trade Mm -hmm. and how quickly you would pay off your student loans versus how quickly you would pay off your student loan in that industry. Yeah. I think a lot of kids would well, the and there's math. also a lot of grants for skilled trades. There is. Mm-hmm. There's actually more grants for females in yeah. getting into skilled trades, right? Yeah, there are. So it benefits, right? Yeah. Let me do a little bit of green book talk sure. here. Uh, this is actually interesting, something I came across. Uh, fines issued for health and safety violations, not just construction. This was a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, this is recent. So this is all April and March uh, 2023. Uh, a town convicted and fined 100 grand for violations under the Safe Drinking Water Act. Uh, trucking companies fined 10000 for Environmental Protection Act violation. Scrap metal recycling company fined for $27,000 for Environmental Protection Act. So somebody's dumping things that are not supposed to be dumped. Uh, workplace injuries, one hundred and twenty grand in Thunder Bay. Pulp and paper company. Uh, Vail Canada Limited fined $175K for health and safety violations. Workplace fatality, which is unfortunate, 135000 for Thunder Bay again. So it's just like this is always What's ongoing. What's going on in Northern Ontario? I, I know. There's, <laughs> it's, it's always ongoing and yeah. it should not be going on. So I think we should just be. I mean, there's waste companies. There's cement companies. There's all kinds of companies that they're just there, right, uh, that things happen. Yeah. So. We just want to be aware of it. If, it, Like you said, everybody on a job site, we should always be talking about it. And mm-hmm. if in the corner of our eye, we see a, a fellow tradesperson that isn't wearing the proper PPE yeah. or isn't being safe or being asked to do something that they shouldn't be doing because it's unsafe, speak up. Yeah, you, you should have totally to speak up, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're close to the end here, Sarah. And wow. I'm trying to figure out if we touched upon everything. I think we did. I think so. So basically, I mean, the bottom line, everyone who was not using it should try to give it a try and check it out and definitely go on your Instagram and take a look at it. Um, You ready to do the 12 questions? Sure. Let's do the 12 questions. Okay. (laughs) What is your favorite construction word? Awarded. Awarded. What is your least favorite construction word? Cost effective. What turns you on in construction? Seeing the project go from a rendering to completion. 
The rendering is nice when they draw the bricks mm-hmm. in the line there. Yeah. Like someone actually spent, the, well, they do it all by computer now, yeah. but I remember back in the day. I, I'm still old enough to remember blueprints. I still have uh, <laughs> crews that do hand drawing. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. I'll share some with you later. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Why did it, satisfaction? I think so. And I think it's just, again, like pride on, not pride, but it's, yeah, it is pride. Like here's a beautiful hand drawing rendering of your home. Is it on a two by ten or something? I usually just get like. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture them on the site as if it's like an easel or something like that, right? And they're like, I don't know, they're actually doing it properly. They it. totally are doing it properly. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? Stigmatism. It's true. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? We haven't been cursing, so I'm sure the company doesn't want us. Fuck. <laughs> what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? I'm going to say a 67 Mustang. What color? Red. Red. I was yeah. going to say red. That was my dad's first car. Was it? Yeah. He doesn't have it anymore? No. Oh. no. He actually, um, he was a police officer, and that was one of the first things he purchased. And then he got married, sold the car. They needed something for me to drive it, ride in. The car got the... Yeah. The bride. Yeah. That literally. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite vehicle? A minivan. What construction sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of mortar, fresh mortar going on or mixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Skill saw. A lot of hate for skill saw lately. Just that noise. I got to get some trim guys on yeah. the show or framers Whoa. because they love that sound. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like production to them. That's why. Yeah. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Mail carrier. Really? Yeah. Outdoorsy? Outdoors. You walk. They seem like the stressless people right? in the world. I think so. They have to worry about a dog coming, but I'm a dog lover, so I'll fill my pockets with treats. And yeah, I just, I think, I don't know. I've always admired our letter carrier. When it gets warmer, have. they have yeah. the shorts on, yeah. they're walking around, yeah. they look happy. Everybody's usually happy to see them. Yeah, yeah. I know. Huh? Yeah. Mm. Random, I know. <laughs> it's, it's nice. What profession would you not like to do? Pour a potty cleaner. Tough one. Yeah. We've had a guy on the show. Yeah, I bet. About He's it. got a shitty job. <laughs> important job. A very important job, but it's a shitty one. It's a very <laughs> shitty one. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Your dad and your dog are waiting for you. Nice. That's what yeah. you want to hear. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. For making the trek out here and talking shop with us and being so positive about this industry. Yeah. And, uh, all you people listening, considering bricking, can seriously consider it, please. Yes, please. It's not as hard as you may think it is, and it's extremely rewarding. It is. Extremely rewarding. And there's such good people in the, that segment of the industry that will always be there with a helping hand guiding you. So everybody, uh, Aeroscraft and Canada Brick, uh, com and sarah.steel at aeroscraft.com and her Instagram. Check out a lot of, because you're constantly posting. So. Constantly. Constantly, right? Usually. So pretty. I, trying to yeah, keep up. I try to keep up. It's yeah. reducing as we get older. Yeah. Stone underscore and underscore brick underscore girl. And then Aeroscraft has their own and Canada Brick and also General, General Shale. Shale has yeah. their own. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a great it's, talk. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, Angelina. We're out of here.